0: Good morning everyone. It's Charlotte Pearson, producer of Ready Row USA. We are live streaming today with the Ellen minstner the US Rowing Director of High Performance. For Para. Yeah.
1: What? Para high performance. Para high performance. There yes. you go.
0: <laughs> yes, We don't want to get anybody texting there you. you in the right. middle of- yep. <laughs> um but welcome Ellen and uh I just wanted to say this is our first live stream in 2023 and uh my aim in 2023 is to just connect people who broaden the sport of rowing and make it better for all of us so para is like that um you know the efforts of people like Arshay cooper for diversifying and getting different communities involved in rowing i just think all that is so important and you know, it's good for the survival and the and the, the thriving of rowing. So that's yeah, kind of sure. my...
1: well. You're doing a great job with that too. And uh, we need people to amplify all the programs that mm-hmm. uh, may not always take center stage. But you're correct in that uh, the para program, uh, as far as a national team program, does have its 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 roots are more deeply in uh, some of the other issues that are are facing people who are sometimes marginalized from the sport for whatever reason. So we take that very seriously. We want to make sure that the things that we do uh, that improve our own performance at, at a very high level at the world championships or the Paralympic games, we want to make sure that that information is available and accessible to clubs across the country because it's very important. And there is not, a significant body of uh, knowledge or research or documentation of the different elements of para rowing uh, rigging athlete training setup so i think that that is is critically important that we share our methodologies with uh, coaches and athletes when it's uh, appropriate for their level because uh, it's only going to help the sport Mm -hmm. overall and you're right it will help open our our boathouses to more people to participate in the sport whether or not they end up going out for a national team or not
0: exactly yeah and i you know as you know we share a boathouse i think you're still there are you still yeah
1: interesting segue because um (laughs) we had uh community rowing was essentially the uh para national team Mm -hmm. training center with a high concentration of our coaches and athletes and i was uh working there at the time but now i'm with us rowing and and The Boston Training Center uh, has evolved to include para and open athletes. This is kind of a new vision uh, with uh, Mm Yossi, the Senior High Performance Director or Chief High Performance Director, um, to make it more inclusive with uh, elite athletes, whether they be para or senior training alongside one another, having access to the same uh, services, uh, physical therapy, strength Mm -hmm. and conditioning, etc., Uh, And that has been um, just kind of taking shape uh, in early January. And um, it's really pretty great. It's a small group, about 12 athletes total. Uh, They're spread out over more than one boathouse. So CRI is one of the main. Okay. So CRI still
0: has. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But you'll see uh, some Mm -hmm. of the senior team athletes training there. Uh, They still do some uh, training at Cambridge Boat Club. But in general, it really has opened up awareness of, what role the clubs can play in national team development and certainly has exposed more, uh, more clubs, athletes and coaches to what it means to be uh, an elite para-athlete. And mm-hmm. the athletes are really enjoying it. I've heard from both the, yeah. the high-performance para and the um, high-performance senior athletes that it kind of um, is a little more fun. Uh, they're doing similar workouts even though they may be in uh, different boat classes. And it's been generally uh, really positive, so that's awesome. that's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I interviewed Jen Fitzroy last year. Oh, great! Yeah, she's she still works. Yeah, she's you. still at,
1: she's still at CRI. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's it's great.
0: Yeah, she's she's amazing. She's just totally amazing. And yeah. then uh, Andy, there's a guy named Andy who is he in the high- Andy Weigren? Yeah. Yeah, He's the, the hockey player.
1: Oh. Um, so I thought you meant Andy Weigren. I don't know uh, who's a, uh, from the four this year, the CRI yeah. rower. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This, so it's just it's really great to to interact with them and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know feel like uh, they're part, you know help them be part of the community and everything.
1: Well, and like um, you said, like it's it's great when oh, you know you're sitting alongside somebody and you're you know sort of maybe feeling sorry for yourself having to slog through a long workout and the person next to you is uh doing the same workout uh on yeah. one leg you know this is a it's a it's a yeah a great dynamic
0: and well the, the andy i was thinking of i can't remember his last name but, but he has uh a prosthesis on one leg and oh
1: yes he did play hockey andy wygren yes yeah, he, he, former yeah hockey he, player that's right that's right i was he, reminded like,
0: i'm i'm getting my boat out of the water and he helps me you yeah. know like yeah, absolutely It's just crazy. Anyway, uh, I want to get into a little bit of what you're planning and, you know, the mission and purpose of the um, HP Para program this year and Mm -hmm. this grant that you received. Can you want to tell us a little bit about that or? Yeah,
1: sure. Well, here's a thing that affects both our our speed and performance at the national team level, but that also is going to impact how clubs can serve athletes in the fixed seat category. So those are PR 1 and PR 2. These are athletes who have been classified for para rowing, and they will not use a sliding seat in the, in the sport. So they have a fixed seat uh, mm-hmm. that is uh, basically, um, excuse me, my light just kind of toppled there a bit. <laughs> uh, they have a fixed seat that uh, is usually a, a, a straight platform base, um, carbon fiber bolted, and then uh, various padding uh, added onto that. And there's very little knowledge about how to really optimize that. And I think too often we just accept what is and try and make the best of what we have. And I think that's been the case for too long for para rowing. The, the equipment itself has not really been given, um, a real scientific look at how to optimize the equipment, the seat specifically for performance. Got it.
0: Um,
1: and I think that that's a, it's, it's, uh, it's an area that we can, we can all do better. in, and maybe this, the, the flat platform seat, we need to look at whether that is the the best opportunity when you have uh, sports like sled hockey and uh, Nordic with a a little bit more uh, bespoke molded seat that holds the athlete in place, but still allows for freedom of movement. And we also need to take a look at what are, how does that athlete interact with the seat? Because that's going to make up 90%, if not more of their total experience with the sport and we need yeah. to make that process um less frustrating for coaches <laughs> more comfortable <laughs> for athletes and more enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, so just even at the at the elite level you know one of our top athletes uh, i think he have got him uh, featured in the photograph there uh andrew Megan, and he wow. at one point the seat was uh he was still experiencing some back spasms etc um and uh really limiting his ability to complete a workout so if we have athletes even at our level who are not quite comfortable enough to finish the workout what does that tell us about what's going on mm-hmm. in our in our clubs so we ask for a grant for the usopc because not only do we want to improve andrew's setup we want to collect some data and and demonstrate why we end up with um, whatever configuration we're going to work with with andrew and show clubs a simple methodology about how they can initially assess what might be the best setup for their um, PR one rower and I say PR one because they're just that level of complexity more than a PR2 we can we'll get into that um, as part of the grant as well but how to assess them in the initial setup on the on the rowing machine and how to make sure mm-hmm. that that setup really works in in the boat and on the water
0: so Andrew is um, PR1 I see he has a that's correct. Yeah. yeah a, it's on this, one, a, fixed seat.
1: a fixed seat with a, a supportive back. So these Got athletes it, yeah. have a very limited uh, range of motion. The rowing stroke is generally restricted to the upper torso. Right. Um, and that's why the seat is, is so important um, in how they perform in that seat. And, you know, we're just a little bit behind other sports. You know, you look at the advancement that has been made in uh, wheelchair racing and mm-hmm. other um, seated power endurance sports we have a lot to learn and we want to document yeah. that learning and then share it widely with the community.
0: You know, I was at the Paralympics. I was, I was, I'm a total convert to wheelchair rugby. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, and wheelchair basketball. And I mean, hockey, and all these different things. I was just like, they, no holds barred, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really exciting. So, I mean, maybe we can figure out a way to make uh you know, rowing a little more exciting to watch. I mean, all these things you're talking about when you watch a, a, a pair of rower. I mean, you know, the well, average, the average viewer doesn't see all this stuff. So,
1: yeah, yeah, no, that's true. A, a lot goes into it. Um, and we're not mm-hmm. even talking about um, gearing and uh, or length and inboard and all of that. None of that is really part of this grant. It really is about okay. ergonomics of the seat. So yep. we'll, we'll call it outfitting, right? Uh, the way mm-hmm. we're going to outfit the boat to really match the athlete's capabilities. And that will be exciting too. And if you're at the world championship, you're right. You don't see it from the sidelines or even watching the, the live stream of, of a para rowing mm-hmm. race. But if you walk around the boatyard, you'll see more and more bespoke seats uh molded either carbon fiber or uh, foam that is really much more conducive to athlete comfort and transferring power and reducing injury and and uh, i think that's also um also pretty key
0: right that must be something you have to really keep tabs on
1: Yeah, Yeah. sure, because minor injuries can really keep an athlete um, off the water. You really have to pay attention to uh, even minor abrasions and things like that. So uh, there is a lot that goes into it.
0: Right. And USOPC stands for U.S. Olympic Para Committee?
1: Yeah, exciting change. A few years ago, I think two years ago, used to be the U.S. uh, Olympic Committee and now it has combined names uh, that's just one measure mm-hmm. among many where they have really unified and brought the paralympic program on equal terms with the olympic program so not only just in name it's now the u.s olympic and paralympic committee not just the us opc and they've also have done things like make the op gold payments equal so just a few years ago even um, the, the bonus payment if you will for an Olympic medal uh, was five times that, the amount of one for a Paralympic medal. And now that is not the case. All payments are equal. They're as, equal
0: now? Oh, that's they amazing. They are equal, yes,
1: yeah. No, that was a, a, a huge statement wow. about equity and the, uh, the all the payments leading up to the um, Olympic Games. There's other bonuses you can earn in a non-Paralympic year. Those yeah. are all equal across, across the board. So any of that uh, program from Op Gold um, equal uh, for any medal, Olympic or Paralympic, and uh, that's 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 a real powerful statement to all of our athletes.
0: Yeah, and I know women's sports are making strides in that, especially soccer. I believe is now parity, right? Uh, I you know, like most <laughs> rowing coaches,
1: I tend to be very one-dimensional. I, I don't know exactly what's going no, on. No, no, that's the... why you're
0: good at what you do. <laughs> you can't, you can't handle everything. No, I just, I mean, it's a good, it's a good trend and, you know, the, but the struggle is not over, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, no, there's still a lot of ways, you know, one example, it just came out um, just before this episode is that uh, the PAC-12 announced a new policy where they will uh, be supporting Paralympic Athletes, student athletes on campus, which is actually pretty huge. You know, mm-hmm. uh, most of our Olympians. That's in Pac-10. I'm sorry. The uh, uh, the Pac-12, the West Twelve. Coast, okay. yeah, yeah. NC2A uh, conference, mm-hmm. and uh, most of our Olympic teams, rowing or other, the feeding ground and the development ground is the collegiate system. For the Paralympic athlete, there's not really a model, and there's very few um, NC2A sports that are dedicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, to athletes with disabilities. So what their policy is, is that they'll be looking at ways to provide athletes who are training in pursuit of uh, Paralympic goals on campus with access to varsity level training facilities, et cetera. So I don't know too much of the details about the policy, but I know Mm -hmm. it was a student-led effort and Mary Cooper is a rower at Stanford um, with a disability. She's eligible for para-rowing and she really led the charge and we'll see how the policy actually plays out in these schools, but it's an exciting change and I hope that other conferences uh,
0: follow soon. And what about funding for para-athletes, like just for their training, for their development? Mm -hmm. I know you're going to be talking at the U.S. Rowing Convention about this, right? Yeah,
1: the convention, Will I'll be speaking about more athlete development in general for para-rowers to sort of help people understand how yeah. to uh, work with athletes as they okay. engage with the sport for the first time, and so, what the pathways might look like for moving forward. So but that's more of a coach-oriented thing? or Coach and athlete, because yeah. we, we really have to uh, think about our user experts, right? We, it's yeah. not that uh, the coaches should have all the knowledge. We're really learning a mm-hmm. lot from Andrew as much as, you know, as much as he may benefit from whatever uh, seat we end up coming up with for Andrew as our PR1 rower, the real benefit is we're learning so much about how we want to work with PR one athletes in general. So it's a huge benefit, but to your question about general uh, training support, it is a little bit behind uh, what our senior Mm -hmm. team gets, but not much. We're, we're getting toward equity there. Um, It's better this year than it's ever been. And there are monthly stipends that an athlete can uh, have access to depending on their performance level. So we have the similar structure To our senior team, there's a performance A, performance B, and training level stipends. And they're pretty close. They're not exactly equal right now, but um, we'll be working toward that. And um, we've got a good number of people receiving athlete stipend already in um, 2023.
0: That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else should we, do we need to look, or can we look forward to? And how can kind of the general community of rowers um, support this? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, one thing that I'm really excited about, as I mentioned earlier, we have a great uh, cadre of, of coaches and people working on para, most of them, most of them part time, we have a small group at the national team level. And in order to make our squad better and the sport better overall, we want to expand opportunities. So we've got Andrea Teese, who was a, an Olympian, she's in the um, US women's quad. and she has come on board she worked with us last year as uh, an assistant coach and she's going to be our talent id and development coach and that's going to be really exciting so that uh, many people don't know that you know we've got a a, the u19 system that's in place already Mm -hmm. u19 and odp that's actually open to athletes uh with a disability so if they apply for an id camp or an odp camp um and list that they have para eligibility we'll be in touch and make sure that they find the right opportunity and in addition to that Andrea will be leading up our own set of Paris specific talent ID and development camp opportunities Mm -hmm. because not every opportunity will be exactly perfect for each athlete that we're trying to reach but as we build out that system a lot more athletes can participate they won't need to meet all the rigid requirements of say a selection camp for the national team because that's really all we've done over the last few years is kind of selection level things that we promote more broadly but now we will have our own set of programs and opportunities to direct people to so for example andrea will be at the uh, indoor rowing championships she'll be at uh, the conference and we'll be speaking to a a group of athletes who are competing in the uh, adaptive categories right after that race she's also going to be out at san diego crew classic and uh we'll run what we call athlete meetups out there so Crew uh, mm-hmm. Classic offer um, uh, events for people with disabilities. And Andrea will be on hand to give a little info session about national team opportunities and to, to really just connect athletes to one another because in, you tend to train a bit in isolation. I'm sure there. that's
0: true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, we yeah. had our first um, sort of bigger scale athlete meetup and info session at the head of the Charles this past year. And it was phenomenal. We had uh, about 25 people come athletes Mm -hmm. and coaches, friends and family. And it was great because a lot of the athletes who were just outside the national team, you know, they were commenting like, wow, I had no idea there was another blind rower or, you know, and we know that they exist because we see their, uh, their information across a a few Mm -hmm. different formats. But for the athletes to really build their own community. That is really exciting, and we were just down in uh, Sarasota running our first para. saw uh, the pictures
0: from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: was great, and that was a um, kind of an I'll call it integrated camp. Was PR three and PR one. The PR two athletes that we have uh, did their own camp simultaneously out on the west coast, Um, but there was another PR one in the community there, and he came to join us, and we were able to share just a little bit that we've done under this. Um, technology and innovation grant with the USOPC, just a tiny bit of what we've done, helped this athlete and, and his coach already with some basic setups and 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 how to really yeah. uh, look at and assess what the proper, uh, proper thing would be. So that is going to be super exciting as we, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that para-athletes could really benefit from learning from one another and the best part of that camp was I said listen Andrew watch Elliot take his strokes and give him some feedback what did you learn as a PR1 rower and Mm -hmm. and that's that's where the really good stuff starts to happen so Andrew was able to give him some pointers directly out on the water uh, looking at uh, each other taking strokes and and the coaches just kind of sitting back and watching And and I think we just need more of that and we need to make sure that as we go to different events, the athletes can have a community.
0: And um, and um, let us know because I will. I'll be there at the U.S. Rowing uh, doing interviews. Yeah. Um. Bring your athletes by. Yeah. Uh, for sure. On the floor, you know, I would love to. Um, All right. You know, feature and just just integrate them into the rowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, scene, the stories are
1: know. incredible, um, and the athletes are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing story. That we,
0: sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Another thing that we're doing that I think will be really helpful is providing, I'll just call it event-based classification. So the classification process is, um, you know, it's a bit confusing. It's a process by which you verify Mm -hmm. that your, um, your impairment is permanent and medically verifiable, and also is eligible for para rowing. And that has usually taken place on an individual basis as the athlete, you know, uh, needs it, but you have to, schedule a classification panel, which is two classifiers, athlete, etc. We're trying to move toward event-based classification. And that means we're U.S. rowings kind of major events, or even ones that aren't U.S. rowing owned, but have a strong presence for that offer para events and that have para athletes participating that we're gonna hold classification there. Now, Bayata has done this for a really long time. That's the regatta in Philadelphia that has um, uh, provided opportunities for many, many years for athletes with disabilities and they have classification, but we're gonna do that at more of our events. And that way we Mm -hmm. can tell people you're up to be classified. You're here, your next three opportunities at these events. So we'll be able to uh, create some interest at the events, create more opportunity and more um, competitors at the events, and just make that classification scheduling process Mm -hmm. easier by scheduling the panel uh, to be at one place for however long it takes to get the individual athletes through. And I think that will be very helpful. It's just kind of... You know, just kind of getting that started, and people are getting their heads around that this is how mm-hmm. it will be, so the first couple haven't really filled up, but we hope that that's the way of the future because then we've got athletes that at one place at one time, they can get information, they can get classified, they can get on the water and compete mm-hmm. and and that's one way we're really gonna build um, build our community
0: yeah, and uh, um are there any like you know, I know other sports have these sort of I don't know what you call them but um like hockey it has a youth program and mm-hmm. you know i know you can't do everything all at once <laughs> We're but, gonna try. Um, but you know like it seems like just building a strong program you know pipeline exactly. is yeah. important and yeah there are, are clubs that do inspired that about it.
1: Yeah. there are clubs that do that so there's mm-hmm. um, for example, community rowing runs a teen para program. Okay, um, I know Row LA is looking to get involved in in para rowing. Row New York has had an adaptive program, so there are programs that exist. But you're right, from a from a from a national governing body perspective, we haven't really offered that type of full complement, right. and it will take time to build. But that's what that's exactly what Andrea will be working on. So we'll start Good. with the. Uh, the one-day talent ID camps, which is similar format. There's an Mm -hmm. ergometer component, which is going to be helpful in assessing the seat as well as the athlete's ability. There'll be an on-water component. There'll be some information given, and then there'll be opportunities for what's next. So for us, what's next is developing our own development camp per se. And and again, these have been run by various uh, clubs Mm -hmm. across the country over the years, but to sort of have it be connected in some way to our Paralympic pathway and uh, organized by our high performance staff so that there's a, a stronger connection there. That's what we're looking to do. And you're exactly right. We're, we're seeing, um, we're seeing the need based on our recruiting efforts. We're seeing the need for some of these specialized camps, not only for juniors, but masters. The masters row is for sure that have um, para eligibility and some of them very competitive with national team potential Again, the train kind of in isolation, not much of a community. So yeah. we've gotten a few requests already like, hey, could you consider running a master's para adaptive camp? And definitely there's a there's a push for some mm-hmm. junior specific um, camps. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're gonna be looking at those and finding our best opportunity to provide those because I think that's another way, not only to provide an opportunity for the athlete, but we tend to bring the coaches to these events as well. So that we're we're not only um, improving athletes' performance and, and abilities and awarenesses at these camps, but that the coaches can come and also gain uh, specific yeah. knowledge about how to work with either their individual athlete or maybe to work uh, with yeah. a group of athletes.
0: And if you're a master's or any kind of rower out there and you have a, a rowing club like mine, which is community rowing, ask around about how you can help with the para program. I know that I volunteer once in a while, like if somebody's deaf or blind, or, you know, Mm -hmm. I do bow searing and stuff in a double. Um, It's just, it's inspiring, you know, it connects the community and, you know, it's, there's a lot of opportunities out there for just... Well,
1: sure. And it, it also kind of um, increases the number of people involved, you know, we, mm-hmm. we started inclusion rowing, just to make sure that, um, you know, there were enough athletes to kind of fill different events. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you have one uh, para double, who do they race against, but you can yeah. have two <laughs> inclusion doubles. And, and that's been yeah, a great You look at the growth of that.
0: Mm-hmm. For
1: the head of the Charles, for example. Yeah. Um, that event has really grown in leaps and bounds. We had, I, I think we had, I'm not positive on the numbers, but it was the biggest uh, number of competitors we had this year. So the inclusion racing yeah. is just a way to get more people involved in para racing and more visibility on it because, you know, I don't care whether it's a single or an eight or a PR1 single, like if you see close racing, that's exciting because it doesn't really matter what type of boat it is no. or what, but if you see two bow balls really going, um, uh, right down to the wire, that's an exciting race for, for any, for novice racing, for Olympic racing. Um, and, and that's what we want to, we want to create exciting yeah. opportunities for athletes with disabilities to really become, uh, engaged in our, in our competitive pathway. Yeah. You another great example. Um, mm-hmm. The Philly Gold Cup has been one of the regattas that really has uh, embraced inclusion, embraced para in terms of um, equity. So the Gold Cup, as you know, is a, uh, it's a domestic and an international event that uh, is intended to promote sculling, predominantly sculling. And there's a prize purse. And they came to me and said, we want the prize purse to be equal. Can you fill it? And we don't have a lot of scholars at the elite level, but that event is growing. And what we did for this year was to create a multi boat class final of PR1, uh, PR2, PR3, a men's final, and a women's final racing against their time standards. So a staggered start racing. Oh my God, we're all
0: out there together.
1: Yes. But, but the, the time standard was actually pretty, uh, pretty accurate. And one of the closest races of the day,
0: you know, like if you stagger, Yes, uh, it must be complicated to figure that out, but.
1: Well, yeah, it it is. But I think, uh, honestly, we have a a better handle on it this year, but last year we did Mm -hmm. a pretty good job. Um, because like a PR three single, there's not really a bona fide time standard. So we had yeah. to extrapolate for that particular one, but we, we hit it pretty well because the closest race of the day, or one of the closest races of the day was the para men's final. And it was really came down to, uh, Andrew and our PR two rower, uh, Russell Grenat, who had started, uh, you know, I forget how many seconds behind. So the staggered start brought them. To the finish line, sort of stroke for stroke. It was an incredible race, and and uh, all of the athletes love that format. And we're going to look to make sure we can continue that and even build out that program. So exciting race opportunities are are out there. They're available. We want to educate people about how to do them, how to get involved with them, and and, and really embrace the competitive side of para rowing in general in the yeah. U.S.
0: Yeah, that's just what you're doing is great, and uh, let's. You know count on us to be kind of a partner with you as absolutely as i look forward out. to it because yeah. Yeah. we have social media and all that we can post things and cross post and um right. i would just like to uh acknowledge our viewers we have uh, several live viewers including lily lively who's one of biggest fans. <laughs> Thank you, Lily. I, I finally remembered to acknowledge you during the show. <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate all of you coming live because I just, I love doing live. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's a participatory thing. So um, we also have some sponsors. We're going to wrap up here in a couple minutes, but Burnham Boat Slings is a fantastic company up in New Hampshire. They are just Wonderful people, Peter Kermond and Linda Murray. Absolutely, uh, yeah. you know them, yeah. Yes. Um, and then community rowing, of course, the, mm-hmm. just a one of the. Uh, is it the biggest? It's um, hard to
1: imagine that it's not. not. I don't know that anyone's ever uh, proven it, but I would say, right. yeah, it's probably but the what largest I love public about community
0: rowing and bigger clubs that are, that are run well is you can find your own community in there. And then there are ways to kind of cross between the communities and Mm -hmm. just create a larger, wonderful organization. And then Laura Williams pages is uh, my website designer. She's fantastic. Um, And uh, Pierce press is my publishing company. We just came out with a new children's book. We have now have a series of environmental children's books. So uh, we would also like to, um, encourage people to send in their rowing club spotlights so we just any random rowing club it can be small um, it can be big I've, I did uh, I think the last one was North Cascades crew or something mm-hmm. You know, I just like to drop in on these clubs and just kind of see what they're doing and yeah there's some great work going
1: on that really
0: uh, uh, yeah. they, and I always ask about para
1: you, you know or
0: youth and you know just just to see kind of get a sense of you know, what the holistic view is of the management and stuff, um, just what they do, what best practices. And, um, we also have a gadgets and gear um, a section and club, the club news, of course, and that's about it. Anyone else you want to give a, a shout out to, Ellen?
1: Oh, sure. Well, speaking of gadgets and gear, I will definitely give a shout out to our, our para team engineer, Tom West. Oh, he's yes. phenomenal. Um, he's been sort of building out a parts. He'll be the lead um, lead on this uh, grant that we've got with the USOPC for tech and innovation. And um, he's developed a few things that have been just super helpful. Um, in terms of guiding some of our para athletes, uh, visually impaired, how to how to guide the handle toward appropriate targets on the on the erg, he built for Andrew specifically, but it could be valuable to other rowers as well. Just some some uh, some easy to attach um, guardrails for controlling the legs for a PR one rower, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that really helped improve the overall foot position on the footboards for Andrew. And um, he's got a lot of uh, great ideas and he's really helped us um, target our data collection so that we can really look scientifically at the sport of para rowing. We will come out with some rigging charts uh, eventually for um, use by clubs across the country, but he'll be the lead on that project. So I really want to give a shout out to him. I want to give a shout out to um, the the coaches that work with our, with our athletes, Alice Henderson, generally with PR two, Sasha Bailey, PR one, Beth Knoll at CRI, Tom Siddell, who's kind of uh, leading the Boston Training Center. Um, oh, Tom's and Andrea,
0: doing a there. Para- oh, oh, yeah, oh. he's
1: been a high performance para coach with us for a while, and uh, he'll be working with our selection camp, as will Andrea mm-hmm. Teese, who I mentioned earlier. She's our um, our talent ID and development coach. But yeah. having someone with a, a real competitive sculling background, most of our um, para coaches have come from a sweep background, coaches yeah. and athletes. So having Andrea as our uh, sort of sculling expert will really help us because you know that PR two PR three double is now a Paralympic event. Um, and will be featured in 2024. So we really, uh, we really want to get our PR three scholars, uh, ready to do great things. So it's an amazing uh, group of coaches to work with amazing group of athletes. And I don't know if there's any way to, um, give my contact information or Andrea's contact information at talent ID. Um, can i type in that chat there is that, uh, that i can work?
0: type it in as a banner so why don't you just tell me what it is yeah Ellen.
1: well i'm just ellen.minsner at usrowing.org and that's high performance related or general questions or if you want to come find me yeah. at the convention um, i think i'm one o'clock on saturday at convention talking about para-athlete development and andrea is a-n-d-r-e-a dot t-h-i-e-s at usrowing.org T-H-
0: T-H-I-E-S. Okay. Yeah.
1: T-H-I-E-S at usrowing.org. Okay. And that's general inquiries um, for upcoming opportunities for either U-19, masters, uh, Mm -hmm. any, any athlete with para eligibility, visual or physical impairments uh, can reach out to Andrea.
0: Fantastic. You're always so accessible. And I just, I really appreciate and I'm honored to have you on and,
1: Thank you. Well, it's an honor to be on. Well,
0: we'll, well, to be continued. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Ellen. Okay. Take thank care. you. Bye.